This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So again, before I get started this morning, I wanted to uh, encourage everybody and, and, and make sure everybody remembers that we are doing a, a questions and answers type of format for this family, uh, family life. So you're able to submit your questions on any of these teachings that we have or any questions that you have. And uh, you can do that anonymously. There should be a link on the screen. You can go to our church website and do that. Uh, what other, uh, other avenues that they have that you can submit those questions. And after this, uh, this session, we will come back if those questions have not been answered and we will address those for you. Uh, but again, let's get into the word quickly. I do want to get finished today. Um, and again, we are talking about ministering to the family, spirit, soul, and body. And my portion is the role of the Holy Spirit in the family. And again, my, the title of mine was Leadership and Submission, Not by Power, Not by Might. And we're going to discuss a few things, or we have been discussing a few things. We've been discussing who's responsible to lead and how should they lead. Who's responsible to follow and how should they follow? And we've been discussing this for the husband and the wife. And today we are going to get on on the children. Um, a couple of things that I did want to mention as well before we go forth is, um, you know, to the fathers. Um, there's some things that have been on my heart. You know, I've been talking to uh, uh, my brother lately and he just recently started a new job. And he's been talking to some of my family members and, you know, they've been having some issues with their family and, you know, they, they're having trouble with the balance and they're talking about, you know, well, I got to make this money. I got to do this, but I do want to spend time with my family. Fathers, the thing about it is you have to be content. You have to be content with where you are in life. You can't be, it's not about wanting more because God has given you everything. God has given you your family. Your family is everything. You need to be content with what you have. I, I know the, you know, today's motivation is to get out there and get what you can for your family. But God has given you heart. It's not about material things. These things come and they go. The concern should be with the inner relationship with God for your family. That should be the top priority. Otherwise, you're going to end up second. Listen, we end up with divorces. Your, your children get passed to the fire, and things, and then we end up with cycles of this happening because you have children growing up with fathers, and then fathers that leave their children because that's all that they know. So I want you to understand this one thing: God knows. God understands. He just wants you to trust Him. See, I can't help but think about how my father was. Uh, he would never let the things of this world pull him away from raising a family, from raising a godly seed. Because that's what it's about. So that we can go forward, so we can be the salt of the earth. Material things, they come and they go. They fade. When you, and listen, when you leave this earth, you can't take none of it with you. But if you live submitted to Christ, guess who you will see with you when you go when you go to heaven? See, because that's what it's about. It's not about the fancy cars. It's not been. It's not about being able to live every day lavish and not having any problems, not having any troubles. That's not what it's about. It's about it's about having the strength to endure. It's about walking in what the Lord has brought you. That's something that a wife can submit to and a wife can follow. That's something that, though it may not seem like it now, your children will be grateful for. 
Those are the things that they remember. I, you know, when I was younger, some of the things I, I didn't understand, but I'm so grateful to God. For the things instilled in my life as a young man, as a child. I really see the meaning. Train up a child in the way it should go. And I'm, I'm not saying they may not get wayward and they're not, but when they're old, they won't depart from me. It's a consistency. When I say not giving up, there's going to be pushback. Listen, from the children, from the wives, there's going to be pushback, but don't give up. The very same people that wanted to put, to, to put Jesus to death, he didn't give up on them. The word wasn't just for a few people, it was for everybody. So fathers, as high priests in your home, the word should be priority for everybody in your home. Don't tell me what you don't, I don't have, I don't have these things in common with my children. Listen, you have, you have Christ in common with them. They don't like the things I like. Yeah, that's not true, though. It is, they don't have to grow up liking the things that you like or the purposes that you like to be walking holy. That's not a prerequisite. That's shouting at their darkness when you try to teach what you have, what you learned, what you picked up as truth. That's, not, that's shouting at their darkness. The things that they need to hold on to are the Word of God. These are the things that when you, get them, when you see them later on in life, you see, oh, they've grown. Because they've, they've, heard, they've listened to and they've been brought up and, and, and been disciplined in the Word of God. So they're able to be led by the Spirit. Then you'll see consistent growth. You won't just see little bitty growth. You won't, see, you won't mistake things like good grades or graduating from high school as growth or fruit. You'll see the truth of God coming out of them. Not being able to, to, to solve a math problem. It, you know, this, through this whole teaching, it still all starts with the Father. Everybody has their role, but if Father is off of his role, guess what? Everybody's off. And that's what it starts with. The woman being off starts with the Father being off. The woman not been able to submit means that he hasn't been able to teach the daughter to submit. And I'm all off my notes. But there's some things that need to be said to fathers. Because this is God's order. You can say what you want to say, but if you want to be in God's order, Father, you need to stay in position. That's where he's placed you. You can't be moved by anything. If you're going to be responsible for the, your, your, your family's spiritual relationship, you can't let your family move you off of that. You can't let your wife influence you negatively. You can't let your children, oh, but they want this, they need this, I'm going to do this anyway. You can't let that happen. You have to stay focused on the purpose of God and bring your family with you. Like, we said, like I said before, Noah took his family. That's what the scripture says. He brought them with him. Because you're going you're gonna to understand, you're going to walk in this. And he's given he's fathers the grace to do it. But you, listen, you'll never understand his grace until you walk in it. 
Amen. So let's go ahead and get started here. I didn't even mean to go off into that, but God does what he wants. So again, we were talking about what is the role of the Holy Spirit in the family. And we started off in Proverbs chapter 8, and we said that we, we were talking about wisdom. Wisdom being the very character of God who, is, who has been with him from the very beginning. And we said this very character of God that's been with him from the beginning is now with us for a lifetime through his Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? We said the Holy Spirit is God's authority in you. He is the wisdom of God to you, which causes you to grow into the knowledge of Christ that you can be effective in all good works. And we said again that the family is a good work. And then we moved on into the, the spiritual growth process because we said, you know, marriage is between two imperfect people. So there's going to always need to be growth if they're imperfect. So we talked about what spiritual growth is. And spiritual growth, we said, is a process through which the believer increases in his knowledge and understanding of his salvation. And again, it's not just knowing about what salvation is, but it's experiencing the changes of salvation that occur inside you when you allow the seed of the Word of God to take root. When you allow it to abide in you. When you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit. That's spiritual growth. And again, we talked about growth, how it's the natural process of everything. And then we said that spiritual growth begins with your salvation. And then your nourishment, just as, as, as regular growth, your, your spiritual growth depends on nourishment on the, from the Word of God. Having a, having a strong relationship with the Lord God. With the, with the Heavenly Father. Having a strong relationship with His Word. Praying. Fasting. These are regular, li- re- regular things for the life of a believer. So again, if you're not consistently doing these things, then your spirit, your spirit man is probably malnourished. And again, it is possible to be saved, but not growing, growing in the things of God. Not spiritually maturing. And that's the whole, I, I want you to understand, if you haven't got it, the whole purpose of this teaching is to understand that every stage of the family, every member of the family, we need to be growing. Because if you haven't, if you haven't learned it yet, every position of the family is for service for one another. And you can't serve if you're not growing. That's what this is all about. So we went through the the different stages. We talked about being spiritually discerned and being babies and children and and carnal minded and and being pulled away and choking, you know, letting the things choke uh, the the word right out of you, being children. And then also we talked about being the mature man, being the one who understands the milk of the word, the one who's moved on to the meat of the word, who's focused on service. That's what the mature man is about. The, you know, it's so immature. The, the immature believer believes this. My salvation is for me. Everything, listen, I got saved because God can do for me. And they continue in that. You can see that mindset that follows them. Oh, I'm saved and, and now I can go buy me this. I can do that. God has brought me this. I can say this. I can do that. That's not what it's for. God, listen, God has a purpose, God has a plan, and if you're part of that plan, you know that your salvation is for somebody else. It's about service. And so from looking into there, I'm sorry, from looking into that, we went in to see what does headship mean. Because we saw in 1 Corinthians, we said, it said that Christ is the head of the man, and then the, the, the husband is the head of the wife. So we had to figure out what is headship. You know, you get that term, and, and especially in today's world, they get that mixed up. Then you hear a lot from women's rights, and then this, things, is, it gets all mixed up. So we, we're going we're gonna, to, we, we actually discuss what headship was and what it means to lead. And we said that means, it means the first to act, the first to teach, to be an example or an, a, guide, a guide to others. It's to show the responsibility and the direction of the family. And that's what I mean when I say the, the, the spiritual relationship with the family. 
You got to take initiative for that. You know, when things are going wrong with the spiritual relationship with the family, the father, the head, needs to t- step in and take initiative. Even if he doesn't know, he needs to take initiative and say, listen, okay, this is what I need you to do, wife. I need you to come here and do this. And then also, if you, you know, some, some men are like, I don't like not knowing how to do this. Well, then learn. Especially if you have a wife that knows how. I remember my, fa- my father told me years and years ago, and if you've been at this ministry any, any length of time, you've probably heard it, but years and years ago, my mother was way more into the word than he was. To the point where she was teaching him, and he was at the point saying, I, didn't, I don't want to be that, because that's not where the head's supposed to be. So what did he do? He applied himself. That's what it, he, he went and learned it. I mean, just, just sitting there saying that and doing those things and not, and not doing something about it, that's not the head. You got to take initiative for your family. You got to make the moves for, because this is your family spiritual relationship. You're supposed to be leading them. So we said what we asked, what did the husband's leadership look like? And of course, we went to Ephesians, and it says it's like Christ loved the church. So from that scripture, we saw that the husband's love must be unchanging and must be realistic. You know, like like Christ loved the church, even though the church had its faults, he came for it anyway. Just like your wife will have her faults, you still have to love her. You still have to endure. Your love has to cover a multitude of sins. We said that the husband's love must be selfless or sacrificial. He has to lay down things. He has to lay down, and, and most importantly, I said, was his ego. Because all those other things, you know, like we said, career and friends and other, those things pretty much fall under your ego. I need to have this career. I need to have that career. Oh, my boys don't think I can come out anymore. That all falls under you. Lay down that ego. Lay down self, like Christ did. Deny self. Be humble. That's the thing about being humble. When you're humble, you're able to teach. People are able to learn from you. When you're humble, you're able to learn so that you can teach. Humble yourself. Because ego, I'm telling you, ego, all that does is, 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 is pushes forth argument. When you have that ego out there, this, you're not willing to change. You're not, when you come in and say, let me explain this to you. That's ego. You're not willing to change. You're really just barking. Humble yourself. We said that the husband's love must be fueled by purpose. And of, co- of course, the purpose of Christ's love is to wash the church, to make her holy. Your love has to, be, has to be fueled the same way. You have to be involved in the life of your wife. You have to teach her through washing her with the water of the word. Not only in, listen, yes, sit down with your families, have Bible studies, but you have to live that. Discuss what you've learned in church, but you have to live it. They have to see it in word and in deed. And then personally, in your own thoughts. See, it has to be, your own, it has to be an inward change. If you want to bring your family with them. Otherwise, it'll be superficial for your family too. And again, like, like I said last time, the same goes for your children. Lead them by the example of Christ. Never give up. Endure like Christ did. And we said that the husband's love must be personal. He must love her as his own body. And, and that's self-explanatory. Now, what you do to, do to your wife or say about your wife, you, it, you might as well be doing it or saying it about yourself. It's a reflection upon you. You go out talking about other people to your wife. Guess what? That's a reflection on you. She's your crown. She's your glory. Listen, she shows everybody else who you are. 
If you're out of order, if she's out of order, I guarantee the husband's out of order, the house is out of order. And then from there we went to who is responsible to follow or how should, and how should they follow or submit. And so we went back to the beginning into Genesis. And we went through, we went through the, the creation of woman and the making of woman. We saw that she was not an afterthought. When God said let us make man, he made man the species and he made them male and female. And blessed them both. Both in his image and his likeness. There was no advantage. Not one was superior to the other. He just positioned the man first. But then we saw Genesis 2 verse 18. He said, it's not good that man be alone. So, what he created already, he made for man. He took for man and said, now I'm going to give you something good to take away your loneliness. I'm going to make you a help meet. I'm going to make somebody who can respond to your needs and be your partner and is suitable to you to complete my purpose. And that's what he did in making woman. He made woman that she could be sensitive to the needs of her family. Sensitive to the needs of, to the spirit of God. So she can be led by the spirit. So that her influence can be used to fulfill God's purpose. But then we also saw in Genesis 3 how that all got flipped upside down. When the fall happened. We know that Eve was taught the command of God. And she told God's command to the serpent. And like we said before, the enemy will appeal to those lusts. Appeal to those things. And that, that's when submission comes in. Because she came right out from under submission. She took a hold of authority. Or usurped authority. And what did we say that meant? We said that she usurped authority because she used her influence to go against the, instru- the original instruction of God that Adam received. That's, that's how you know if you have... Listen, if, if you want to know... If you have a wife trying to usurp your authority or, or take it from you, if, if, if she's doing something going against the original instruction of God that, that, that God has given you, that's, listen, it's time to, it's time to, listen, she's trying to usurp authority. It's time for you to step in. It's time for you to take responsibility for your spiritual relationship. We said submission has nothing to do with being able to speak or make suggestions or use your influence to help in the home. It only becomes sin when it goes against God's authority. God's instructions for the home. The enemy knew it, so he used her influence to do just that. And we saw what happened. The fall. Uh, And again, submission didn't... Listen, submission wasn't a result of the fall. The fall was a result from a lack of submission. So the wife must submit to her husband's leadership as unto the Lord. But in order to do this, in order to, I I like that as unto the Lord, in order to submit to her husband, she must first be submitted to Christ herself. So what is submission? And we said, we started last time saying a few things what it's not. It's not mindless obedience. In other words, that doesn't mean that the husband's always right. It's not being quiet about everything that he says or wants to do for the family. It's not avoiding using your influence because, again, like I said, God designed you to influence. It is your duty to influence your husband. It's not taking mental or physical or spiritual abuse or or falling under somebody who's using their, their faith to exert their power. That's not what it is. 
It's not putting the will of the husband before the will of Christ. Again, that means that, that submission never means, it never means or requires the wife to, to follow the husband into sin. Again, if she has to choose between the two, the, the choice is clear. Husbands. But again, in submission, there has to be a way that you respond to that. You, you, you can't just come to your husband, you know, just, just yelling at him in judgment. So, listen, you can judge sin. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm talking, this is your husband. Remember, the Bible says you need to submit. Calling him every which name out the book is not submitting. Cussing him out is not submitting. You have to, listen, you have to, you have to use your words. You have to use the words, First Peter, there you go. First Peter chapter 3. Because you want to win your husband. First Peter chapter 3 verse 6. I'm sorry, not verse 6, verse 1. Likewise, ye wives, being subjected to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word, without the word be won by the conversation of their wives. Yeah, let me help you with conversation, because you're like, well, I thought you said I can't say. Listen, conversation means your conduct, too. How you carry yourself. In a submissive matter, but yet still showing him, this is the truth. This is what's going to make you the leader that God wants you to be for our family. Not that. Not sin. Instead of, you know, uh, instead of pulling him away from the, the, the original instruction of God or usurping, you undergird it. You pull him towards the original instruction of God. So what is submission? And we gave it a definition here. Submission is yielding to God's fixed system of authority and willingly arranging your life accordingly so that purpose is fulfilled. Submission is voluntary, never forced. It shows God that we will stay obedient to his design. And then we went from there and we discussed how should the wife submit. And according to Ephesians 5.22, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. That's how you should submit. As unto the Lord. It's in submitting to Christ and abiding in his word and loving him that the wife will find the ability to submit to her husband. The ability to be that Proverbs 31 woman, that virtuous woman. Because, again, like we said last time, it's not about a checklist. I can do that. I can do that because you can find people that have not accepted Christ that can do some of those things on that list. You won't be virtuous. You won't be that virtuous woman unless you have accepted Christ and you are walking in faith. Uh, Listen, that type of virtuous woman isn't going down a checklist. She's just been led by the Spirit. It's not dead works. It's not like a, a how many verses is it? 31 verses. It's not a 31 step program. But one that's led by the Spirit, she, she's able to, to govern herself with discipline, self control, kindness, understanding, meekness. See, these are the these are the, the, the jewels and adornment of the wife that's submitted. The fruit of the Spirit. It's really simple. Because that's who you're being led by. Strength and honor, endurance. Uh, not lazy. Willing to put her hands to good works. All these things all these things are impossible to do. You can't be thirty one verses without the Spirit.
She brings forth comfort in her home. She teaches truth. She brings, she brings forth life. She, doesn't, she has nothing to waste. And she realized everything that God has given her is good. And, and she's content with that. And that's all that I need. So everything that he's given me, I can now share that. Because that's what growing into maturity does. And now we're going to move on to the last, the role of the children. And hopefully I have enough time to finish this. So the role of the children, I'm going to say it right off top. Here's the role of the children, and we're going to discuss it. It's obedience and service. And, and it's amazing to me because these roles apply to the parents, these roles, the, the father, the mother. But children, it's, that's why I said it starts when you're young. You train them up so when they're old, they won't be in divorces. They will be in the home. You teach them obedience and service. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. And I'm just going to read verse 4 through 10. And there's a reason I'm reading this. Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 through 10. And it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, talking about Jeremiah, and this is God calling Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ha, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt... I'm sorry. Say not, that I am not a child, for thou shalt go to all that I, that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have set, this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull, out, pull down and to, destroy, and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So here's what I, I want, especially children. I'm speaking to children now. And children, I'm talking to anybody who's still living in their parents' house and they're paying your rent. You know, all that, you're still a child. So, you know. That may go up into your 20s. Anybody still living there and they're, and they're providing for you, you're a child. On down. But I say this because I want you to remember God has a plan for you. And the prescribed pathway of that plan is obedience. Obedience, it pleases the Lord. It shows them that you put your faith in God. Just like, see, just like Jeremiah, it doesn't matter your age. You may not understand the plans God has for you, and you may not think that I can do this. But through obedience, God gives you the assurance that His Spirit will be with you every step of the way. Causing you to mature into the man or the woman that God wants you to be, or called you to be. And here's a, here's a, if you go on and read about Jeremiah, here's the kicker. He obeyed the voice of the Lord. And when he obeyed, when he got to where God called him, he had everything he needed to fulfill what God had called him to do. He had the courage. He had the strength. But all that comes from obedience. So if you stay on that path of obedience to where the Lord has taken you, he'll make sure that you have everything you need to continue in his purpose. Continue in his plan for your life. I, you know, I think of, just because Minister Hayson taught on this recently, I think of David who was anointed king as a child. 
and it's, it's amazing. When he went to find David, what was he doing? He was busy being obedient. Listen, tending to his father's sheep. And when he was anointed as king, just like, listen, I'm going to tell you children right now, God has a plan for you, especially in this ministry, he has a plan for your life. And if you stay on it, I promise you, he's going to show you things that you couldn't eat beyond your wildest dreams, just like David was to be king. But guess what? When David heard it, he understood it, but he kept obeying. And, and here's, one of the, here's the thing. He didn't, he didn't give excuses when he heard it. I'm too young. He didn't give excuses. I can't do this. I'm too nervous. I'm, I just, he didn't give any excuses. When, he understood that, he understood this, this much. Especially the children that grew up, grow up in this ministry. You understand this much. When the, when the man of God puts their hands on you, don't give any excuses. And let me, let me help you as well. Your parents are the man and woman of God in your home. So they're putting their hands on you for your life. No excuses. David was able to, to walk in obedience. Even look, he, he, went to, he went to see Saul, and then in the middle of when he went to see Saul, there was a battle happening, and then he remembered, he, he didn't say, let me pick up arms, he remembered, but I need to tend to my father's sheep. Listen, it wasn't, it wasn't, I have to, it wasn't his father had to come tell him again. This is a command, listen, David had been doing this. That's what I mean about obedience. He, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure David's father had to give him this commandment once. You tend to my sheep, you know when and how to do this. It wasn't, he didn't come over there to Saul and say, remember you gotta go do the sheep. David said, I have something to do though. I know this battle's going on, but it's about my obedience right now. Listen, I, I know I'm supposed to be king, but it's about obedience. And when he went to do that, then his father gave him provisions. Told him to take him, take, listen, take him, to, take him to your brothers, take him to the battlefield. He, he obeyed that. And through his obedience, when he got there, it was time. He had the strength and courage he needed. To stand up to Goliath. And listen, when you have the strength and courage you need, guess what you're able to do? To stand up to Goliath and serve. He served all the people of Israel by defeating Goliath that day. He served his father. By defeating Goliath that day. He served his brothers by defeating Goliath that day. This is through, let me tell you, if David wasn't obedient, he wouldn't have been where he needed to be to do that. So the role of a child is to follow through submission and obedience so that you can serve to the best of your ability and grow strong in the spirit. And I'm going to give a real simple definition to obey. It's living not unto yourselves, but by faith in Christ. And that's really big for especially children, because it's all about me when you're a child. You think the world revolves around you. I did. I thought I woke up and looked in the mirror every morning. I was like, it's about me. But it's not about living unto yourself. It's about, it's about living by faith in Christ. And now that you know that the mature, the mature level is about giving to others, now you know what you need to strive to. It's been brought to you. You're responsible for that.
And so it's the same thing for the children as it is for the father and the mother. In order for you to obey your parents, you have to submit to the Lord. First and foremost, you need to be submitted to the Lord. Which means there needs to be a parent in the home teaching them and showing them how to submit to the Lord. Because children are in the stage of learning. They're in the st- you have to be taught that. See, I, I, and I can't just talk about the children without talking about the parents. There has to be somebody consistently there teaching them. If they see that you can't submit in, let's just say, church, to the, authority, the delegated authority there, listen, why are you surprised when they can't submit at home? When they respond the same way you respond to your bosses at work? That's the issue in our world today. It's marked by a lack of submission. All, you see it everywhere. That's why everything is out of whack. Our political system is out of whack. Our social system is all out of whack. There's no submission anywhere. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to start at verse 1. And it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. And I got to stop there. In the Lord, right? That means you're going to submit to your parents. And when I say to your parents, that means you have a mother submitted to the husband who submitted to Christ. In the Lord, for this is right. Obedience is right. It's not wrong. It's right. It's righteous. It's the correct thing. It's approved by God and His design. Obedience when in submission to God's authority and His design, it's always right. Listen, let me help you out. Even when you think you're right, child, obedience and submission to God's design is always right. Even if you can prove yourself right. It's not about you proving obedience. And submission to God's plan is always right. You don't have to, listen, trust me when I say this. Your parents know the right answer. You don't have to tell them. You don't have to get your point, your point across. Because even if you do it after you try to get your point across, that's disobedience. Because that's not a heart of true obedience. You don't have to make your parents feel you. They know. Trust me. So if you think you're right, here's what you do. Obey. Because remember, we're trying to get to a place of service. Let me tell you somebody who always did the right thing. Jesus. Even as a child, Jesus stayed submitted. Jesus stayed obedient to his parents. Turn to Luke. And it's so good, you know, we were doing our youth this past week and I was like they all in my notes because we went straight to this scripture Luke chapter 2 and I'm going to start at verse 40 and I, and I have to start with verse 40 because you know it, it, where I really want to start it starts at 41 but I want you to understand this and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. This is, this is Jesus. Listen. Filled with wisdom and waxed strong in the spirit. As a child. 
I want you to understand that. Now we're going to start reading. Verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they saw him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. He submitted unto Listen, this is the Christ, the Messiah, submitting to God's delegated authority. Wait, but I'm not finished. Here we go. Unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in his heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. You know why he increased in wisdom and stature? Because of his obedience to God's delegated authority. It doesn't listen, it's not lost on me that verse forty and fifty two both talk about his wisdom. You know, the spirit of the living God that's with you for a lifetime. It's not lost on me because obedience listen, the key to unlocking wisdom is your obedience. Your parents give you jewels of knowledge. You come to this, this church and get jewels of knowledge and you can unlock that wisdom by obeying. By walking in it. Jesus did it. The right thing for children to do is to obey their parents. Listen, if you're asked to do something menial around the house, like take out the trash, listen, you don't complain. You don't wait to do it. You don't say, I'm going to do it later. You don't do it half-stepping. You do it, and you do it right. Except unto the Lord. Because by submitting to your parents, you are submitting to the Lord. So, so let me help you. If you have a cleaning schedule, and your parents have to keep reminding you to do it, That's not obedience if they have to keep reminding you. That's not as unto the Lord if they have to keep reminding you. Let me put it like this. If you have a schedule, or let's just go back to taking out the trash. Let's say you took out the trash and they didn't have to tell you this time. And then you go back and tell them, look what I did. I took out the trash. That's not obedience. Obe Listen, God will lift you up for your obedience. You need to increase in wisdom. You need to obey. Talking about the trash you made, right? I took out the trash. Whew. But you have to focus on obedience so that you can serve. In your obedience, you will be able to serve. This is how you'll be able to Honor your parents. Let's go, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Oof. And we'll start verse 1 again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Respect 
Value your honor, your father and mother. Listen, walk in what you've been taught by your father and mother. That's what honoring is. Which is the first commandment with promise. What's the promise? That it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. So let me tell you this. Disobedience cuts all types of things. It cuts your life and all types of things in your life short. A child who doesn't honor and obey their parents, they'll never obey every authority in their life. Listen, they'll grow up and they'll be in and out of jobs. Can't hold on to a job. Listen, it's always a teacher. They don't like me because I'm this. They don't like me because I'm that. Every teacher you've ever had. Bosses, listen. Traffic. Traffic laws. You'll grow up not obeying those. Disobeying every authority in your life. If you can't honor and obey your parents, the, the closest one to you that had that immediate authority, how do you think that authority that's not immediately touching you is going to affect you? Sons that don't know how to honor and respect their mothers won't be faithful in marriage. Won't honor their wives. Daughters that can't submit to their fathers won't submit to their husbands. All these different things, unstable and cut short because you can't obey. Listen, you'll be in and out of ministry. Uh, in and out of marriages. You, listen, because you're not, you're not submitted to any type of authority. And, and that, know what that tells you? You're not submitted to God as the authority. Because remember, children obeying their parents is a, is a part of God's delegated authority. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 17 says, The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Now, I had to think about this. I had to think, when do I see birds and stuff picking out eyes? It's when that, 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 that creature or whatever is dead. Disobedience leads to death. I, I, I begin to think of I begin to think of, of Eli's sons. Uh, I begin to think of Samuel, who was called at an early age, who was who was taken over to Eli's house by his mother to the tabernacle, the uh, the, the high priest Eli. And guess what he did when he was there? He obeyed. Listen, in the midst of being there with Eli's sons, who were disobedient, who he could be, who were, who were more closer to his age, who he could be influenced by, he still obeyed. He made the decision. See, that's what I, I want you to understand. I'm just a child. A child has the ability to choose. Because there's a lot of children that have chosen to do grown-up things, and now you've got children raising children. A child can be led by the very Spirit of Jesus was by the very Spirit of God. I'm telling you, this, there's thousands of graves filled with people who said, I wish I would have obeyed my parents. I wish I would have listened to my parents. I, I think of the prodigal son. What if he didn't come back from the far off country? An obedient child has 
self-control, discipline. Uh, they grow in wisdom because of their obedience. And those are the things that lead to a long life. Let, let me tell you this one thing, because I'm almost out of time, and I didn't get to the end of these notes, but it doesn't matter because we can always come back to this. But let me tell you this one thing. The smartest decision as a child that you could ever make is to obey your parents. <laughs> especially parents, I'm talking to the ones in this ministry, the ones that are submitted to God, especially parents in this ministry who are bringing you up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, who are feeding you to maturity. The smartest thing you could do is obey Him. And parents, let me give you a little side note as well. Just because you see a little fruit, don't give up. Because remember, they're still a child. That's not the best type of fruit they could have. Their fruit can grow better, even more. That, that's why it says in, in John, it says, yeah, even though there's fruit, it purges so that there can be more fruit. Better fruit. That's, a, that's the fruit of a child. Don't be, that's why I said that earlier. Don't be, don't be excited about a grade. Don't be excited about, I mean, you can be excited about it, but that's not their spiritual growth. And I'm going to go ahead and stop right there. Children, obedience. It brings forth wisdom so that you're able to serve. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.